You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi again, everybody. Thanks for hopping on board with us. This is the latest edition of Jumping the Gun. It is brought to you by Patterson Square Garden. Uh, along with Brother Dan, I'm Derek Gunn. 17 weeks of the regular season is all said and done. A lot of excitement, a lot of drama. Uh, the final day of the NFL regular season 2020. I bring in Brother Dan so that we can go over our picks for week number 17. Brother Dan has also compiled our season-long records, which I'm a little uh, worried about because I know Brother Dan doesn't do well with math. And of course, <laughs> we're going to look ahead to the first round of the NFL playoffs, the wild card weekend coming up. So, Brother Dan, how you been, man? I've been good, D-Gun. How you been? Man, I'm just living a dream, brother. I'm just sitting here. We're talking football. You know, that's the American dream, isn't it? That's right. Uh, so right. Let's talk about let's okay. talk about our week last, last week. Um I went eleven and five. You went Here thirteen we and three. See, so oh, you got oh, you got the last win of the season. Oh, Congratulations, sir. Deep uh, slam dunk in week seventeen. I like that. At the end of the at the end of the day, the Dolphins not showing up really killed me. Um, and going with the Falcons <laughs> over, over the Bucks just wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, to my defense, the Bucks had no real motivation to win that game outside of having getting to play Washington uh, this week. Right, because um, they are, they had already locked down their wild card spot, but uh, I'll, I'll take it. It's it's uh we had a good season. We both uh, ended the season uh, over five hundred. So uh, with our combined records for the full season, you okay. get the win for the full season. You you won. You got you went one hundred and sixty one and seventy six. Whoa. Okay. And what did you do? Yep. I went one hundred and forty eight and eighty nine. Well, so you see, got brother me by, Dan, by thirteen games. Well, brother Dan, let us just reflect on this for a moment. You are a novice at this, and I'm the seasoned vet. And the numbers stacked up exactly the way they should have. Although I have to respect your game because there were a few weeks where you beat me consecutively for a series of weeks, and I'm thinking, wait a minute now, hold up, hold up, and I had to refocus. <laughs> I had to refocus and bring my A game. And so I will say, you brought out the best in me. You forced me to. To not take you lightly, so kudos to you. Thank you, sir. I, I appreciate that coming from you, and uh, it was a fun season. Uh, ho- hopefully, I can have some better, uh, better luck in the playoffs. But now, we'll your, your 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 Eagles last game of the season playing a Washington yeah. team that needed a win, or they would have to go home. Your team 
is down by only three points heading to the fourth quarter. And Doug Peterson decides to bench Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld. And now you hear all these stories coming out that the players were not happy about this. Although Doug said that uh, uh, a certain amount of players knew that Nate Sudfeld was going to get into the game. But here's my problem with that. If you're going to put Nate in the game, put him in after the half. Don't wait until the fourth quarter because you're still in the close game. And the players, even though you're playing with a bunch of backups and practice squad players and guys off the street, you still had a chance to win. And the bottom line is try to win the game. So these guys are thinking, we're going to upset Washington and send them home. But oh no, everybody in the tri-state region knows Nate Sudfeld can't play. And he puts Nate <laughs> Sudfeld in. And then he tells you at his post-game press conferences on Sunday and Monday, that he was playing to win the game. Your thoughts on what Doug Peterson did? So, as I said last week, I wanted the Eagles to lose the game. Uh, I thought that would be the smart thing to do, uh, given that you you gain three spots in the draft if you if you lose that game. Uh, you get the sixth pick in, uh, in comparison to the ninth pick. I don't love how they did it. Um, in my opinion, that. They had already been resting a lot of starters going into the game. Anybody that was borderline injured was sitting out, which I thought was a smart thing. You shouldn't push players to play when when you're risking a, a re-aggravation, especially in a meaningless game. Right. Uh, I mean, you, you saw what happened with Lane Johnson last year where he played the season with an ankle problem, and then he ended up with a problem that lasted him through the offseason and through this season, and now he has to get surgery. Uh, because he, he he pushed it a little bit too much. So I get the Eagles thinking there and that you don't want another Lane Johnson situation, uh, especially with some of these young players like Miles Sanders, who has had nagging injuries throughout the year. You, you don't want him to have a big injury now and risk losing him for next year. Um, so I get that. I don't like the fact that they were close and then Doug decided to, to bench Jalen Hurts it was just a little bit too clear to me that they were uh, they were tanking. And and I, for one, like I, I think tank, I don't think tanking is the worst thing in the world, as some people do. Um, I mean, I'm a Sixers fan, so uh, it's it's trust the process in Philadelphia. So I, I I get that thinking, but to be that clear about it, um, I, I think if you if you win the game. With the with the players that that you have on the field, start that game because most of, most of them are bench players. Right. I think you just bite the bullet. I, I think you you take the ninth pick. Uh, you you go in, into the offseason with a, a quarterback that is shown to be very competitive, um, going out there and winning against all odds against a team that's trying to to make the playoffs. I think that's an impressive way to end the season. Um, so taking him out of the game, and, and you could you could see Jalen Hurts was frustrated on the sidelines too. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, it, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, although, I mean, I'm happy we have the sixth pick. But I think you just ride it out with the players that you started that game. I, I don't think you make any changes like that to go out of your way to lose a game in the fourth quarter. Now, you know, and, and for Duck to stand there and say that he was trying to win, does he think the fan base is that dumb to not know what he was doing? I mean, seriously? Um, uh, and, you know, I don't know. You, you, but then you hear, play, you hear players talking about they were upset. Uh, they didn't yeah. understand it, so on and so forth. I mean, you know, you know, the guys want to win. It's been a bad season. You want to go out with a better taste in your mouth than you had most of the season. 
you do everything in your power to give your team a chance to win that game. Yeah, I, I get that. And I think, Doug, I, I don't think he expected people to really believe that, though. Because, like, I think he, he has to say that. He can't come out in the press conference and say that he was trying to lose the game. So, right. I mean, the, I, I, I don't really take much stock into what he said, he, he said after the game at all. Uh, when it right. comes to the players, it, it's there's a bunch of conflicting reports. Uh, if, if you're like a Miles Sanders, I, I don't know how you how you don't see what the difference is between losing and winning the game because it's been so publicized that the pegs are that much of a, of a big deal. And some of the uh, I feel like some of the reporting on the Eagles has been a little bit inconsistent because on one page. The Jets are looked at as the laughing stock in the NFL for winning two games when mm-hmm. they should be tanking, quote unquote. Uh, but the Eagles, when they're trying to play for a draft spot, it's the worst thing to happen to the integrity of the game. I just think that's a little bit of a double standard. So, I, I think uh, I think it's uh, it's been very controversial. I'll say that <laughs> it's definitely been well, a very controversial decision. There's been a whole lot of uh, irate. Giants fans and Giants players uh, were just blowing up the Twitter lines uh, with comments about what the Eagles did. But, you know, where the Giants Giants are concerned, you know what? If you wanted to make the playoffs, you should have taken care of business this season. See, exactly. I'm always up, I'm always up in the school. Don't ever rely on somebody else to help you to get to where you want to go. Take care of your own business. And I know there's a little luck along the way. But if you had played a better brand of football, you'd be in the playoffs, you wouldn't be whining about Somebody help you, and then, and then Joe just says, you know, hey, uh, I, I I would never disrespect the game like that. But Ron Rivera came out and said, hey, look, nobody nobody had a problem with the Steelers sitting a lot mm-hmm. of players against Cleveland. He says that's yep. just the nature of the game. It happens every and that year. Ended up costing Teams. Miami their their, sure. their playoff spot. Yep. Sure, you know, but if Miami wanted to get in, all Miami do, had to do was beat Buffalo. Buffalo yep. needed the game for the number two seed, but if Miami wanted to get in the playoffs. All you had to do was win. They didn't even show up. So who yeah. are you going to blame? Don't blame somebody else. Blame yourselves. Yeah, especially at six and ten. If you're at six and ten, you shouldn't be. Uh, you shouldn't be expecting to go to the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we have the first round of the 2020 season playoffs coming up. Wild card weekend. Only one team from each conference gets a bye whereas two teams used to get to buy in the past, but you have one extra team in the playoff this season. So let's get at it, starting with the Saturday right. games. Some great matchups okay. this weekend. Yeah, and it's exciting to have six games on the first wildcard weekend this year. It's going to be a lot of football. Uh, we're going to start with the Colts at the Bills. The Bills are getting six and a half points in Buffalo. Yeah, that's going to be a good game. I think both teams are going to put up some points, but here's what's impressive about Buffalo. Buffalo needed win to secure the number two seed. Okay. Once they once they basically jumped on Miami, knew Miami quit, they could have pulled the starters. But they kept going. And they put up 56 points in the last game of the season against Miami, which has playing, been playing pretty good football. And Miami right now, I'm seeing Buffalo right now is on a roll. Um, mm-hmm. The way they're playing, the way they're scoring points, uh, Stefan Diggs had an incredible year. Cole Beasley had an incredible year. Uh, John Brown even had a decent year for them. Uh, the Colts, Phillip Rivers is going to go downfield. He's going to put up some points as well. I think this could be like one of those 
38-35 type shootouts or 38-30, but I think Buffalo is too diversified, has too many weapons weapons for them to lose this game. So I like the Bills at home plus the points. Okay. Uh, I'm taking the Bills also, but I don't think it's going to be that high, that high scoring uh, because I think the Colts are going to try to play some ball control here. Um, they've been running the ball very well the last few weeks. This rookie, Jonathan Taylor, has looked really good. And that yep. Bills defense, they, that run defense needs to step up this week uh, against the Colts running game. Maybe it's been a really good development for them. When you can have Phillip Rivers operating out of the play action, I, I think that helps him a lot. Um, and that, that offense just starts to click when you can take deep shots off of the, the play action pass and, ha- and make defenses have to respect the run. So you, you add that to the Colts defense. I think this is going to be a close close-ish game for most of the, for the most part. I'm expecting it to be around like 27-20 Bills. Um, mm. So I am going to take them with the points also. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Bills here. I, I, I think it's going to be a fast game. I think uh, there's going to be a lot of running the ball from the Colts. Well, uh, Buffalo's got to find a way to put some pressure on Phillip Rivers. He's only been sacked 19 times this season, which means, you know, he, he's always been known for not holding the football very long and taking a lot of unnecessary hits. Can Buffalo get enough pressure on him to make him do things he doesn't want to do sooner than he wants to do them? That's going to be a big key to this game. But I just think uh, from the defensive side to all the weapons they have on offense, you know, Colts have a really good defense. Um, I, it, you know, this could be like one of those home games. Who has the home field advantage? Yep. Fortunately for Buffalo, they do. I'll take the Bills here. Yeah, same here. Uh, next, we have the Rams at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are getting four and a half points in Seattle. You know, the Rams coming out of that game against Arizona, I mean, I was impressed the fact that they held Arizona to just seven points. Granted, Kyler, Kyler Murray went out with the game with a leg injury early on. He came back in, wasn't effective as all. But the Rams' defense, man, that defense is a monster. Uh, they, John Walford, who, who's quarterback in that team, didn't look too shabby. Didn't throw any touchdown passes through one interception, uh, but he ran the offense sufficiently. He didn't kill him. When I look at this game and coming out, Aaron Donald and other players said, hey, this is the matchup that we wanted. They wanted another shot at Seattle. They split the regular season meetings, both with low-scoring, close fought close contest. Man, I, you know, I, four points might be too much of a spread in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, Seattle's, Seattle's at home. Russell Wilson's a much different quarterback at home than he is on the road, although he's very good on the road. Uh, this is going to be one of those who has the ball at the last possession type games. Um, and Seattle also doesn't know if they're going to have Jamal Adams. Pete Carroll says he's not going to make a decision on Jamal Adams until right up to the game time with that injury. He has a shoulder injury. But I'm just going to lean towards – uh, I'm going to lean towards Seattle at home. I don't like the points in this game, but I like Seattle at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle too. And and you highlighted a lot of great points there. Um, the Rams, that Rams defense has been playing a lot better uh, as of late. Uh, the Seahawks, uh, I mean, I'm picking them because I think it is going to be a close game. And I think Russell Wilson is going to have a shot to win the game at the end. And I, I trust him in Seattle here. Um, it's looking like it's going to be a reach for Jared Goff to play this week. It, it's not looking too good. So, I don't know. I, I just don't trust the, the kid Walford um, this week. The playoffs are a different beast. I mean, last week they played against the Arizona team with, without their the offense being as explosive as they normally are. So, 
we don't really know how um, how that game turns out if Kyler Murray is healthy, if Christian Kirk is playing, if Larry Fitzgerald is playing. Um, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks here too. Uh, it's going to be a good game though. I think it's going to be close. Seattle likes to play some close games. They, they, don't, they rarely just go out there and beat somebody. And that, that helps them in the, when it comes to the playoffs. Um, so I'm going to go with them. Uh, next, we have the Bucks at Washington. The Bucks are getting eight and a half points in Washington. I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people might think it is. I think Washington's front seven is going to give Brady a problem. If Chase Young and those guys can get pressure on Brady, I don't care how many weapons you have. If a quarterback doesn't have time to stand back there and wait till one of his targets frees himself up, uh, that makes for an interesting day in terms of turnovers, fumbles, so on and so forth. You know, after Washington survived against the Eagles, uh, Washington's young stud defensive end, Chase Young, says, I want Tom Brady. Uh, the Tampa Bay coach Bruce Arians countered with, hey, Chase Young is one heck of a player. Uh, their front seven is going to be all kind of problems, but be careful what you ask for. So the shots have been fired across the bow. I don't know if Washington can score enough points to keep up with Tampa Bay, but I also don't know if Tampa Bay is going to be able to just put this team away early and cruise down the stretch. Um, you know, what, what Washington lacks in offense, they make up for in defense, and I think the defense is going to keep them close to this game. But I'm, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay in this situation. I'm taking Tampa also, and I think it's going to be um, one of those games where they just keep Washington at arm's length the whole way. Uh, I think it, the Washington the Bucks will win by like by about ten points. I, I'm, I'm anticipating. Um, I just don't see how Washington can put up points consistently on this team. I mean, they they struggle to put up points against the depleted Eagles defense, and that's yep. to make it into the playoffs. That was a big game for them. So. Uh, I'm going with the Bucks here, and we'll see. We'll see what Bruce Arians does. I, I feel like if if this is a Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick coach team, I feel like he lines up Gronkowski wherever Chase Daniel uh, Chase Young is every uh, every down and just chips him constantly and takes him out of the game. That's uh-huh. the, the classic Bill Belichick. If you're going to talk trash, we're going to just take you out of the game. Um, I think we're, we're going to see a lot about Bruce Arians here. He. They need to win this game. This is gonna. This will be a very bad look for the Bucks if they come out here and lose to the six and ten uh, Washington football team. Now I will say this: if there was one game I would have to pick as a potential upset special this weekend, this would be the game. Really? Everything, uh, everything I feel, everything I feel says Tampa Bay wins this game. But this, to me, is one of those games. Don't overlook this game because everybody's expecting Washington to bow out in the first first round. But because of their front seven again, the front seven can make this game a lot more interesting than it should be for Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay fans. Okay, that's interesting. I don't think this is, uh, I, I don't fear Washington very much in this game, especially after last week. That that um, that kind of made me sure about this week. Um, so anyway, moving to Sunday, we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans, a rematch of last year's uh, playoff game between the, uh, the Ravens and Titans. This time it's in Tennessee. Well, this is a, as close of a game as you can get this weekend. I mean, you got Baltimore, who I think nobody wants to play right now. 
this is a Baltimore team that ran for 404 yards of Cincinnati's defense. I understand the Cincinnati, but Baltimore's averaging almost 192 yards a game rushing, and you're facing the NFL rushing champion who ran for over 2,000 yards at Derrick Henry. So both teams are going to try to run up and down the field. This is going to be one of those who can who can survive the longest in terms of controlling the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Baltimore likes to score a lot of points. I don't know if that's going to happen in this game. Wow, you know this this is a tough Baltimore one, is the favorite. Yes, and, and I'm going to go with the favorite here. I'm going to go with Baltimore. Okay. Yep, I'm going to go with Baltimore <laughs> because of, of of the of the diversity. I mean, Lamar Jackson, everybody talks about his running. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to have multiple 1,000-yard rushing seasons. He needed 92 rushing yards going into this game to surpass 1,000. He did it. So with his ability to run, if he finds a seam, he's gone. He can throw a dart. He's got weapons. Ryan Tannehill has weapons. This is going to be probably the most intriguing game of the weekend for me. But I'm going to take Baltimore on the road here because Baltimore is just running over people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Baltimore is getting three and a half points here. I'm most excited for this game uh, for this weekend. This is going to be a good one. I'm taking the Titans, though. I just oh. think they, I just oh. think they have the uh, the Ravens number. I mean, they beat them last year. They beat them again this year in the regular season. Uh, I just I, I love what they what they do on offense, and I trust Tannehill's uh, weapons more than I trust Lamar Jackson's weapons. I mean, you have Corey Davis, who's a solid receiver. AJ Brown has been amazing all year. Uh, I really like John Smith as an athletic tight end. And then you have Derrick Henry in the backfield. 2,000 yards this year. He just looks unstoppable. If there was anybody that wasn't the quarterback that was going to win the MVP this year, it has to be Derrick Henry. Um, I just love watching them play. I'm going to go with the Titans here in the upset. All right. The upset at home. I'm shocked that they're getting three and a half in Tennessee. That That's interesting to me. Yeah. Um, Next, we have the Bears somehow sneaking into the playoffs at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are getting 10 points in New Orleans. How well do you know your history? Um, when it comes to the Bears? Just in general, because uh, I'm going to throw something at you and, and, and it relates to this matchup. I think this is going okay. to be like Custer's last stand. That's what I think. <laughs> this game is going to be like Custer's last stand. I think Chicago is going to get steamrolled by the Saints. When, when you look at Chicago, when they were on that three-game winning streak to get back in the playoff contention, basically Chicago beat the Texans, the Vikings, and the Jaguars, three losing teams. Then they went up against Green Bay, and Green Bay just smoked them. So that tells me Chicago, they don't match up well against better personnel. So if Green Bay smoked them, what the heck are they going to do against Drew Brees and that offense down in New Orleans? I don't think a whole lot. Um, and Michael Thomas supposedly is coming back from IR. Elvin Kamara, he might still be on a, on a COVID list. So he may not even play. They don't even need Elvin Kamara for this game. Because no matter who plays, no matter who plays for Sean Payton's offense, they find a way to win. You got Ty Montgomery, who plays running back and wide receiver. You got Taysom Hill, who... I think he does everything except punch for this team. Um, New Orleans is going to roll at home in Chicago. It's going to get ugly in this game. I'm also taking the Saints, but I think it's going to be closer than you think. If Alvin Kamara doesn't play. What? What? If Alvin Kamara doesn't play in this game, that Bears defense is still good. I mean, you got guys like Khalil Mack. You have Roquan Smith. You have uh, uh, Kyle Fuller. I mean, 
I, I don't I don't think it's a bad it, it's a it's a bad matchup definitely, but um, I think the Bears will keep it close. But I think the Saints pull away at the end, and they they're, they're going to win with the points. But I'm just saying, I don't think it's going to be that big of a blowout. Mitchell Trubisky. Do you not remember who's quarterback in the Bears right now? Oh, I, Mitchell I do. Mitchell Trubisky. I do. I mean, he, he has uh, made me look bad a few times, though. Uh, I've picked against them a few times. And, uh, I mean, he has one of the best receivers in the NFL. And he's been playing like uh, Allen Robinson has, has been has been playing great the last few weeks. Um, so, yeah, but all that aside, I'm taking the Saints. If, it, if Alan Kamara is playing in this game, it's going to be a blowout. But if he, if he doesn't play... I think uh, it could be closer than people think. Oh my goodness! You know what, That's all brother I'm Dan? You know what, I'm, brother I'm Dan? I, I, don't, I don't know what you're drinking over there, but I don't see this as a close <laughs> game at all. No, I think this could be over by halftime. All right. Well, uh, going to our last game, we have the Browns at the Steelers. The Steelers are getting five points in Pittsburgh. Well, let's see. Cleveland just played Pittsburgh on the regular season finale and won to get into the playoffs. Their first playoff appearance since 2002. Uh, The Browns are hungry. Uh, They've been waiting a long time, 18 years for this moment. But the one thing I keep looking at is Pittsburgh rested a lot of starters and Cleveland struggled to get that win. They only won 24-22. Now, obviously, Pittsburgh got a late touchdown. And if they hadn't got a two-point conversion, you could have been talking about going to overtime. Mason Rudolph came in there and took care of business against what I thought should have been a better defensive performance by Cleveland. It didn't happen. So with Ben Ross, Roethlisberger back at the helm and Pittsburgh having this game at home, um, Cleveland, congratulations on getting to the playoffs, but you are one and done. Oh, man. I'm taking, I'm taking the Browns here. No, you're not. No, you're yes, not. Yes, I am. I'm no, taking the not. Browns. Don't do it. I'm doing it. The, the Steelers' offense has been sputtering the last few weeks. They, they, they end the season losing four out of the last five games. I, I really don't like that going into the playoffs. Ben has not looked uh, very good <laughs> out there. I mean, he's been – it's just been a lot of checkdowns. Receivers been dropping passes. It, it just doesn't look sharp anymore. Um, and their running game has been non-existent for, mo- for most of the season. I don't know what's going on in, in, in Pittsburgh with that offense. Um, their defense has been decimated by injuries, big, 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 big time injuries. Uh, losing Bud Dupree, um, losing Devin Bush. It, that's going to hurt you against a, a team that runs the ball as well as Cleveland does. And when you have guys like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, and you have a, a, a quarterback that, that thrives in the, in the play-action pass with, with receivers like Jarvis Landry, um, Rashard Higgins. I, I'm gonna go with the Browns here. Uh, I think they can. They're riding. I think they're gonna. They're gonna um, all rally around it. I, I believe their special teams coach is going to act as their uh, head coach this this uh, yep. this yep. Sunday because uh, Kevin Stefanski tested positive for COVID. Yep. Um. So I, I think they're gonna rally. The, the troops are gonna rally here. Uh, I'm, I'm going with the Browns to get their first win. First playoff win in I don't know how many years. I mean, they made it in 2002, but I, I don't know when they got a win. But I'm going with the Browns. Wow. So you're showing a lot of faith in Baker Mayfield to go into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers in their backyard in a playoff situation. I, I, I think this is more wow. of a 
of a scenario of the Steelers um, just not just kind of falling apart on offense and their defense being injured. I think it's more because of that than than it is me trusting the Browns. All right. Well, let's see. To to go back, you took Tennessee over Baltimore. I took yep. Baltimore over Tennessee. I'm taking Pittsburgh at home against Cleveland. And you think Baker Mayfield can rise to the occasion and pull off the stunner in Pittsburgh? Yep, I think so. All right. Well, we're going to find out. <laughs> I cannot wait to see uh, what happens next weekend, uh, this weekend, and of course, to come back next weekend and talk about who won, who didn't, and who moves on to play who. So until we meet again on the next edition of Jumping the Gun, for our brother Dan, I'm Derek Gunn. This has been brought to you by Patterson Square Garden. So long, everybody. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions.
For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.